are. What's better than dead air, Calvin? I mean, you were playing some songs, right? Listen yeah, up, but I think there was a lot of dead air in there. Because I, uh, I think I was, I, like, my sound wasn't working. And, uh, I don't know, playing some clips, hitting some things. But if you're still with us out there, thank you for sticking around. My name is Matt Rory, and that man is Calvin Chamberlain. And uh, this is our first show in a month. Welcome to Careless Whispers on CLNS Media. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all of that stuff, Calvin, because it's been that long. How you been? I've been good. I mean, we wouldn't be us if we didn't have audio failures at the start of our show. Yeah, we skipped <laughs> a couple of... I mean, we also wouldn't be us if we didn't skip episodes, but to be fair, you know what? It was, it was the holidays. We had holiday stuff to do. Okay. That, so we're going to be fair tonight? Is that that's the, that's the goal, is to be fair? Uh, I mean, are we fair? No, that's not the goal. That's not the goal. <laughs> Go to the end there, as unfair as possible. Well, it depends on who you're talking about, I guess. But uh, let's uh, let's wait and see. Let's see how this goes. Because, man, have we missed a lot of stuff over the last four weeks. Over four weeks. Uh, first of all, the NFL championship games are this weekend coming up. So we're going to get yep. into that. We're going to talk about that for a few minutes at least. Because much to many people's... Uh, dismay as far as the negative people on the radio around here are concerned uh the patriots are still playing so we'll get into that in a few minutes but we're going to lead off here with the celtics because we talk nba around here that's our thing that's our that's what we like to do you know and uh uh, with them being the hometown team for the for the website here there's a lot to talk about i think we're not going to get into all of it because I don't want to. I mean, we could probably spend an hour talking about the Celtics with all the time we've missed. But essentially, it comes down to this, Calvin. Right now, as things stand, having seen the Celtics play fairly well in in certain spots, are you willing to say that they will be in the Eastern Conference Finals? No, I'm not, I'm not willing to say that. Are you? You're willing to say that? It's funny to say. No, uh, I'm. I think I'm still willing to say that because I think that. Uh, I mean, actually, let me I mean, let me hedge this bet a little bit because Milwaukee is playing really well. I think the Celtics would be able to hang with Milwaukee and beat them in a playoff series. Still, Toronto is the only team that is starting to sk- to scare me if I'm the Celtics and ha- and, and ha- haven't righted my ship. Uh, but the other teams, Indiana, they dismantled them the other night. Philadelphia, I still don't really buy into what they're doing down there. I don't know if they buy into it. Uh, I I feel like the Celtics uh, could still sneak to the Eastern Conference Finals uh, as long as they can avoid Toronto in the first round or second round, I should say. No, you just you just changed you just changed the the wording around on me, Vincent. You asked me if I, if if I would say right now that they will. Could they? Would you be yeah, willing to could. say that they will go there? Yes. Uh-huh. This is yeah. what I do. Yeah. And when you, yeah, but then when you're following it up right now, you then, then you sort of ended up saying, well, they could they could sneak into the Eastern Finals if they avoid Toronto. You double yep. you give me a double qualifier the second time. Uh-huh. But when you ask That's me, right. you, you ask me to, them, to like, will I say that they will for sure? No, they could go to the. I'm not saying they can't. I'm just saying if you're asking me right now, will they? <laughs> You're saying for me to make a proclamation that they will? I, I think that they, no, I don't think that they're there. They're there right now. But, yeah, so we do the show. 
you know, and um, at least a semi-regular basis. And we don't talk about the Celtics, you know, every episode, but um, every couple of weeks, we at least we tend to talk about the Celtics. And you know, every time they got off to the slow start, and yeah, they've been, you know, they won uh, that four in a row recently, but now they sort of lost three in a row again. Um, I want to get into some of the particulars in a minute, of, but but they're sort of up and down. They're in the, the fifth spot right now. So as now they wouldn't have home court in the first round. Whether or not you think like okay they're gonna uh, like that won't be the case at the end of the season. So you're know, they're two and a half games back. It's not at this point we're we're at the halfway point of the season basically, right? Can we can we at least acknowledge? Now that this team like is probably legitimately a disappointment from what you thought they would be, or are you not there yet? No, I mean you... at, up up through this point, they're definitely a disappointment. I mean, I've just I was just thinking you're saying that they may not get a home playoff series in the first round. That was my big thing about the Lakers going into the season. Everybody was bullish on the Lakers, and they were saying, "Oh, the Lakers are gonna they're, they're gonna do this, they're gonna do that." And LeBron is gonna bring the Lakers back to prominence, uh, but. I was the one that was saying that they wouldn't get a get a uh, for a first round home playoff series, and that maybe they'd be the five or six seed. And now it's looking like the Celtics are going to be that team. So, uh, yes, I would say through this this point, they're they're sitting worse than Philadelphia, worse than Indiana. I mean, it's only by a couple of games, and they can st- certainly still make it up. But this is not the team that people expected to see. Yeah, and it, it's just funny because I, I think every time they just make this little run and you see they, you know, they, I feel like they're starting to put it together. They start blowing teams out, uh, you know, by 30 points. And then they just, again, fall apart. And to me, it's not just the falling apart. It's like the, the how that I would be concerned about if I were a Celtics fan. The, it, it seems like they're just turning to infighting in a way that I can't remember and, like, you know, any Celtics team do since basically before the Doc Rivers era because they would you want about Doc Rivers right. as an ex-coach coach, but like, had the uncanny ability, at least while guys were on his team, to sort of get them to play in unison, even Ray Allen when he didn't like the fact that he was benched uh, for Avery Bradley still managed to not really be too much of a malcontent until he actually left the team. But pretty much since then, right, in, right through the Brad Stevens era, you never. It's, it's, I can never really remember a Celtics team being like this, and I and I like. Yeah, no. I, it, it was always it was always a concern well, in theory, right? considering this is, like this all is the, the first. This is the first time that they've had so much talent that the egos are really playing uh, into it. Pretty much for the past, for the. I mean, since Doc Rivers really played with Ubuntu, you know, and and got everybody to to buy into that. Uh, the Celtics for the last six years haven't had the egos that this team has. And I think it's, it's coming out at at this point. I guess it's interesting to me because what, what is really, what's the difference between this year's team and last year's team, Gordon Haywood, pretty much, right? Like, what are we talking about in terms of, yeah, that's a big one. I know. I know just, guys well, weren't just all the fact that all those time. guys had experience in the playoffs, they've got more confidence now. I mean, without Kyrie, Terry Rozier is is a guy that, I mean, probably thinks he belongs on the court. And when Kyrie's playing, he doesn't see the court. And I, that probably frustrates him. And I'm sure that he's buddy-buddy with Jalen Brown. 
who has seen his his minutes cut back a little bit with the addition of Gordon Hayward. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a bunch of malcontents on this team right now, and they need to figure it out if they're going to have any chance of, of making any noise. So Jalen Brown sort of gets into it the other night with uh, Marquise Morris on the, on the sidelines. Do you know what what was what what was impetus behind that? Do you have any idea? Was did, did it ever come out, or was it? Yeah, uh, as far as I know, Brown was not really hustling. He looked like he was slacking off a little bit. You know, you could you could see it clearly. Uh, and Morris took it took a, a, a exception to that, and he said, "Listen, you got to hustle out there. I don't care what what the score is. You got to get out there and." Tra- and bust your ass like that's the way that we we do things around here that's how you win in the nba and it just i think i think that's all it was and morris came out after the fact and said yeah that's just me caring about the basketball game and caring about winning uh and that means nothing between he and i personally it was all about what was going on on the court so it was definitely there were definitely basketball reasons behind it and no hard feelings for Marquise Morris, but I mean, somebody's got to set these kids straight. And it's not, it hasn't been the coach, unfortunately, and it hasn't been Kyrie Irving for whatever reason. Nobody's listening, listening to the, the veterans on this team. It makes me wonder where's Al Horford's voice. Like he's, he's the type of guy that really should be stepping up and, and speaking up in that locker room, even if he is kind of a, a quiet lead by example type of player on the court, he should be saying something in the locker room and getting these guys to all buy in. I, I don't understand what's going on. It, it just, it seems like something's, something's not right. And I'm starting to think that, that uh, the sentiment out there that Danny Ainge needs to make a trade is, is real. And he needs to find a way to, to shake things up because it's not, the coach isn't, isn't getting it done with his rotations. I just, I don't know. I mean, we we can get back to a making a trade idea in a second because that that is an interesting thing to me. What do you make of you, you talk about how he he feels like he felt like Jalen Brown wasn't hustling? I kind of feel overall that way about Jalen Brown this year. Like it doesn't seem oh, like definitely. he cares all of a sudden. Like what, I don't know what if it's a matter of caring or or he's not confident in his role or he doesn't know what his role is supposed to be when he's out on the court. I. He's a smart kid, you know. You'd, you'd think that he'd be able to figure it out pretty quickly, uh, but for whatever reason, you're right. He just he doesn't seem to be the same player, and he hasn't taken the step forward that everyone thought he was going to take. That he was claiming he was going to take in the off season. Right. I remember him like making comments and like you know talking about not feeling respected and all these things, and it just. I don't know. I, I guess I'm all, I'm, I'm seeing it. it. To me, I'd be concerned even, like, like I said, look, sometimes you just have down years. And, and, you know, I have all kinds of, it's, it's not just an anti-Celtic thing for me, obviously, uh, at this point, you know, I'm just being analytical, but and, cause I'll, I'll have some things when it comes to the Lakers as well. But um, yeah, I just don't, I don't see the same fire from him that I saw, you know, in his rookie year in particular, but even like last year as well, especially like defensively, he doesn't seem to be as engaged. That's really what it is for me. It's like, I don't understand how he's so on and off on the defensive end. Like, I don't understand why, why that's the case at this point. Yeah, uh, you know what? It, it really doesn't make sense at all because uh, isn't his rookie deal up now? Like this is going to be, 
This is his third year, so he should he should be a restricted free agent next year. He's playing for for money. He's playing for the rest of his career, really, at this point. As far as the, his his money potential is concerned, I'm not saying that he's going to be out of the league in two years if he doesn't play better this year, but he could make a lot more money if if he was at least showing some more effort out there. In my opinion, we'll we'll see what what happens, but he just looks like one of these guys that. Is is losing money right now because of the way that he it, he's playing on the on the court. Um, and actually, I'm checking. I guess his rookie deal's up next year. So, yep. excuse me on that one. But either way, no, no. But you you're still right because uh, because he can get he can get that rookie extension going into like before Halloween in this right. off season. So it still matters how he plays this season. Right. He's giving but the Celtics I'm- no incentive to give him that that extension right now. Yeah, or in six months. It'll be interesting to see what they do there, actually, with that, because considering how far over the cap they're going to be. Um, but yeah, and and then what? What about this Kyrie thing, though? When he got mad at the, the other day at Tatum not taking the last shot, like Kyrie seems to be the one caring, as, like about his. I don't know. Here's my thing with Kyrie. It's like we already saw a version of this in Cleveland, right? Like a, a version of Kyrie. Sort of like that's why he supposedly wanted out so he could be his own guy. And then uh, it kind of was the case, like even before LeBron got that, I remember he had like an issue with Deion Waiters and too many shots. It, like I get, like I get wanting a hierarchy, right? But like, compl- I don't know, complaining about not getting the ball when you're the point guard is like, I, it's a bother. Yeah, so, you know what? I, I feel like not enough people are, are really talking about what happened there. And I, I feel like Kyrie was a little bit out of line, for sure, like being so demonstrative on the court in front of the cameras and just in front of everyone. But at some point, someone's got to do something like that. So I'm not blaming him for the way that he went about it, but I think he might I think he might have been wrong or at least not been completely right. Tatum got a decent look. Hayward thought that that uh, it was going to be a quicker play to to dump it into Tatum and get that jumper right there instead of throwing it into Al Horford, who would have to set a pick and hand it off to Kyrie for what was likely going to be a deep three. Maybe he would have had a better look at it, uh, but there's no guarantee that thing's going in. So I, I, I like Kyrie's enthusiasm. I like that he's trying to be a leader. Uh, but he, I think that in hindsight, he probably would have gone about it a little bit differently. But I just, I'm not, I'm like I said, I'm okay with the way he went about it. At, at some point, fine, just let it all out on the court. I, I don't, I don't care about calling people out and stuff like that. That's, that's what I'll leave that to other p- people to complain about. But I just think that with two or three seconds left, the play that he was looking for might have just been the wrong play. So that's where I, I'm questioning him. Like. Find a find a better spot to to call somebody out because I don't know I'm not with him on uh, on the guarantee that that play would have worked out. You can hear me now. Yep, we got you back. Okay, okay cool. Yeah, so to to me it's just and I sort of felt I felt kind of the same way with that whole Duran Draymond Green scenario earlier, which is that it's a regular season game. Except the, it's, it's at the end of the game, and in this case, even more so because Tatum is a legitimate option and the game option on that team. I don't. I know he's young, 
and Kyrie like made statements about guys being young after the fact. It kind of bothered me because like he, you should be wanting to build up his confidence into taking that shot because you can't right. take every shot in that situation. Otherwise, you're right. going to get double covered. Like it's just good basketball to get him those reps, regardless, regardless of whether or not you win that specific game. And for you to be that upset about it, and then like to make comments about about it after the game, how like guys need to know what to do better. It just, I don't know. It just strikes me as being. Uh, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but it's it's just like you're not seeing the force, you're not seeing the bigger picture in a way that like makes me uncomfortable, and it sort of makes me feel like like do you do you even like Tatum? That's how kind of how I felt about it. Like do you do you even like do you respect him? Like why? What's the problem with him getting that shot? I get being a little bit annoyed like because you wanted the ball. I get clapping in the moment, but then just to say something afterward, I think is the thing that bothers. And then to be that demonstrative, like like. Yelling at people, I get like walking off even, but then to like to yell about it, I don't know. It's too much for me. Yeah, I mean, I, so like I said, I'm not blaming him for the way he went about it, but uh, he, I mean, he in hindsight, he probably would have will or would have gone about it a different way, not yelling at Gordon Hayward for making the pass directly to Tatum. Um, but. I don't know, Calvin. I'm starting to think that Kyrie's turning into the guy he left Cleveland to get away from. I, he's starting to I, when he when he when he put his hands out like that, he just reminded me of LeBron James and J.R. Smith. It's like I don't. I just I I feel uh, like Kyrie is kind of getting a little bit off the deep end here. And I know he's gone all philosophical in the past and the flat earth stuff and uh, this and that and, and just how he's he's a very deep individual and uh, he's very spiritual, etc. But I think sometimes he, he starts to look at things as though he, he's he's like a puppet master or something. And it's like, Kyrie, man, you're so good. It's it, just let these guys be better because of you, not in spite of you, or, or just let them into the game, let them into, into how you play basketball. You don't need to get all philosophical as far as the world is concerned when you're trying to win basketball games. So I don't know how, what he's doing behind the scenes. I don't know how he leads the team as the best player, but I think he needs to change his approach, whatever he's doing, because people don't seem to be buying in to the team aspect anymore. And I don't know if that's because Kyrie is, is turning into the solo, give me the ball type of guy, or if Brad Stevens has lost his voice a little bit. And I kind of want to get into that as well, but we're already running on 20 minutes here, Calvin. So um, I'm sure you have a lot to say about the Lakers, but if you've got any Brad Stevens t- talk, might as well get it out. Uh, I'll bet you, well, I, again, I because of uh, a new job that I've had, I've sort of had less time to, to analyze the Celtics specific or to watch Celtics games. So I don't really have um, much take. I, I mean, you can talk about minutes distribu- distribution, right? And that's going to be a p- problem with this team. I, I I'm just wondering, like, it, it doesn't seem like he has the egos under control, like he ha- like he you know previously had consistently. Like, I don't think the Celtics having like a lot of guys to play. Maybe you want to say they have more talent than they ever did overall. That's fair. But, like, he's always played a lot of guys and found a way to, like, get those guys to still sort of buy into playing together. Where, 
you know, whether it's playing guys like even Aaron Baines, like managing to fit them into the system and managing them to, to get like different combinations that like naturally wouldn't make sense to me to play well together, but still somehow play well together. And it, it just doesn't seem like he's doing it with his team. And I'm not entirely sure why. Yeah, I think this also goes back to the egos. It goes back to guys that think that they should be running things on the court, namely Kyrie Irving. I think Jalen Brown has a little bit of this in him where they just think that everything should run through them and give me the ball and get out of my way type of thing. Uh, I don't know what it is, but for some reason, this the, the, they seem to lack intensity on the defensive end certain nights. And Marcus Morris said it the other night. Uh, he said that, they need to be more consistent. They have There's too much inconsistency as far as effort is concerned. And I just – this team looks like they're trying to flip a switch every night uh, or every week and that they're going to try and flip that switch again when the playoffs come around. They do play well against the better teams in the league, which is a good sign, but they are definitely playing down to their competition this year. And I don't know if it's a problem that is going to generate bad habits – and come back to haunt them, or if it's a problem that they can overcome and really flip that switch when it comes down to it. But uh, it just the, the words that are coming out of their mouths when they're asked about why they're struggling are, it's it's just not encouraging. So that this is something that I think Brad Stevens needs to figure out, and he needs to figure out how to get the young guys on the same page as the veterans. And if it doesn't happen. I don't think they're going to, they're going to do very well. I think that they're going to struggle. They're going to continue to struggle. I I mean, I'm confident that they'll figure it out. I think, but I do think that at some point, if, if we're talking about this in a month or just like three weeks from now, Danny Ainge has to pull the trigger on a trade and he's got to do it because otherwise this team is just going to be toiling in the middle of the Eastern conference for the rest of the season. And who knows what happens in the playoffs. Maybe they win a series, but to go from favorites in the East to fifth place, maybe out in the first round is, is not going to sit well with any of the fans around here. So um, Calvin, what do you say we take one Celtics call? I assume, and then move on. All right. Sure. I'm I'm pretty sure this is Hector. It's been a long time, but this number looks very familiar to me. 401, welcome to Carol's Whispers. What's going on? Hey, Matt and Kelvin. Boom, it's nailed Matt it. Hatter. There he is. The, ancient, the, the insane menace, Marohata. It's, you know, it's been a long time, guys. What's up, buddy? Yeah, uh, uh, nothing much. Uh, I've been wanting to call for a while, but I guess you guys are not doing weekly anymore. Or you haven't been doing shows. You've been doing shows like you know, more, uh, more sporadically. Yep. It's very true. A it's, been, it's been at least, at least monthly though. And then otherwise it's maybe two to three a month. I don't think we've hit a single month where we've had four shows. So you're right. It's been uh, few and far between, but we're still going strong here. That's good. Um, you know, the, the last time I talked to you guys was right before I right before last season began in which I really liked um, right when the trade happened, when we got Kyrie and I've been able to watch, I've been, I went to a lot of games last year and I went to five games already this year. Um, 
And overall, you know, I've been happy to see Kyrie do his thing, although there have been times in which, you know, he was out and then Rozier, you know, stepped in his place. Obviously, Rozier last last season was really well in Kyrie's place. This year, he's just been atrocious. Um, but you know, all in all, yeah. And one other thing, you know, Hayward, Gordon Hayward, him coming back from injury. Obviously, that's been, you know, if there's one thing about this this season that has been consistent, has been inconsistency. Yep. Um, you know, just. Obviously, you know, Brad doing, you know, Steven's doing his uh, best to try to incorporate these guys, trying to show. With, with this team, to me, I feel like it's missing is a word that we haven't heard in a while, Ubuntu. You know, that unity that, you know. Yeah, that's Pierce Doc Rivers' Allen word. I, I brought it up earlier. I mentioned, I mentioned it in passing. Um, it's, uh, it's something that th- this team needs to figure out, Hector. You're absolutely right. You know, so it's like, obviously, I'm not. I'll be. I'll be honest with you guys. And you know, obviously, the, uh, times have changed on my end. Whereas, you know, I'm not gonna let any win or loss get to me. Unlike other fans. Now, don't get me wrong. I want this team to succeed. But, you know, and, and this might not be the right answer. Right, right thing for me to say right here and now. But it's like. This year, I, I didn't think this team was going to win anything this year, regardless. And you know, obviously, with the with the, ta- I'm I'm more of a wait and see type person. Obviously, it's 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 one thing to get caught up in all the hype because Gordon Hayward was coming back, and you know, oh, how will uh, Tatum and Rozier and Jalen Brown? How will they step up? You know heading into, you know, another year of of NBA experience under their belts and everything. And obviously what we're seeing right now is just one complete mess and everything. Um, I know you guys are pressed for time, but I will say this in closing. I will be at three games in the next couple of weeks, starting with the MLK Day game against Miami and then two other games against Brooklyn and Charlotte. And I want to see for myself – Hope, put it this way: the Celtics are five and zero this year, this season with me at at the Garden. So hopefully, I can be a bit of good luck right. going forward. Let's go for eight zero. Let's do it. So yeah, anybody going to the All games, right. check out. Look out for Hector. Go follow him on Twitter, and he'll, he's he's wandering around taking pictures with people, saying hello. Uh, with Amanda, hopefully Fugrad, it'll be eight yeah. zero. Nice <laughs> to hear from you. Thanks for calling. All right, guys. Thank you. All right, there he goes. All right, Calvin. There, there's Hector. That was the thing. That was the thing that happened. It just he just picked up right where he left off, apparently two years ago. I like that he remembered like the last time he called because I can't remember the last time I did anything. <laughs> I mean, I remember the last time we did the show was December something. How about that? Yeah, I remember that. You know. Yeah, you don't remember that because you, you can't even say December what? You said December. Uh, I'm gonna look it up. December 11th is my guess. Is my guess. Oh, nailed it. December 11th. Good guess. Anyway, right, well, uh, you know what time it is? It's time to. Uh, we should just end the show because we're gonna talk about the Lakers. No. Okay. Well, I guess we're gonna talk about the Lakers then. 
LeBron yeah. James is not playing right now, Calvin. The Lakers are falling apart. How do you yeah, feel about talk- your team? Well, first, first of all, can, can I just talk about the LeBron part? Because it's so funny how, like, oh, I had to hear years and years about how LeBron never gets hurt. He's so durable, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> because he, uh, he, he only takes two weeks off in the season for rest. And nothing ever happens. On how is this possible? First season of L.A., already out 10 games. Boom. Injuries galore. He's getting old, man. I mean, he's got a lot of mileage on his legs there. I talk about sure. it with Al Horford as well. I mean, once you get into the, once you've been in the league, I don't care how old you are. Once you get into the league for ten, twelve years, you start to break down. You're going to miss some games. I mean, Al Horford has always been a little rickety, right? <laughs> well, Let's be honest. Sure. But like, yeah, but but LeBron is like I guess before this year he had, he had like missed like two games in the last three seasons or something crazy like that. But anyway, it's not okay, kind of a that sounds that sounds ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's a low amount of games in the last couple of seasons. Um, yeah, can't get to his basketball runs. Anyway, um, hey, yeah. So, should I? Should, you think I should be concerned about LeBron, or is it just kind of a whatever? What I'm concerned about with LeBron. I mean, what's the concern? Is, so, all right. First of all, last year he didn't miss a single game. Right. And then the year before that, he missed eight. And the year before that, he missed six. Okay. The year before fine. that, he missed 13. So, sorry. Go ahead. I wouldn't okay, be – Okay, fine. But, but, like, what's the concern, though? Did you really expect LeBron James to, to come in and, and carry the Lakers to the, the NBA Finals three years in a row, four years in a row, however long his contract is? No. I look no, no, no. See – you're going macro on me again. The same way with the Celtics. All right. Well, I want to discuss where they were right now. You, you want All right. me to go? You no, know, no, you I, want me to I, discuss the Lakers and not talk about what's going on with them right now? Or, or no, you can talk point. about them right now. Like, that's totally oh, fine if that's what oh, if that's what your angle is. I just, don't, I mean, oh, I don't yeah. know what your concern could be because I, there, I think they're playing better than I would expected coming into the season for sure. Well, here's here's what my concern is. They are playing worse than first of all than what I would expect them coming into the season, and secondly, they are playing worse without LeBron than I would have expected coming into the season. Mm. My, you know that since I've been out for these games, you know what his record is. Yep. Say that again. I said, do you have any idea what the Lakers' record is over these last ten games? Since LeBron has been hurt, without looking it up, any idea? Just, just oh, a guess. Um, I mean, they're they are they're probably below five hundred. Three, three and seven, four and six. Are they? Yeah, they, they are indeed three and seven during these ten games. And with the, not only are they three and seven, Larry, what you need to realize is like they played some terrible teams during this game during this stretch. They just got beat by the Cavs the other night. Lost to the Jazz. Let's just, let's just go over this real quick. They lost oh, to the Jazz. Worst in the league, by the way. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Utah. Lost, Utah, not bad. Lost. Utah. I was bullish on Utah, and I have to sort of eat my words here. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. They lost to the Timberwolves. They lost to the Knicks. <laughs> the Knicks, that's horrible. Uh, yeah. They lost to the Kings. 
Yep, pretty right. bad. Well, yeah. The Clippers are a team I just don't understand, but that's not what we're here for. The Clippers are on a bit of a slide, though, by the way. It's not like they're catching the Clippers at the, the height of their powers. All right. All I'm saying is, is not only are they losing, like they're getting their asses handed to them in a lot of these games. The guy, if we're allowed to say asses, they're not on the air, but too late. Um, I know technically we can say whatever we want, but I forgot what our rules were. Anyway, yeah, and and, and it's like you know what? Just say ass forever. Fine. Look, look, Murray. Last year, and if you want to put some of it on Julius Randle, that's fine because I'm still mad about that. Julius Randle, who's averaging 20 points and 10 rebounds in in New Orleans this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, let him let him walk so we could sign re-sign KCP. Great move there. Uh, Oh, but you guys have Javale McGee, so that's he's getting paid like eight million. So, yeah, he's, he's not like he signed a huge contract. He's getting paid nothing. He's averaging the Same. That's fine. But even him aside, like the Lakers, with the exception of Kyle Kuzma, who's playing better than he played last year, every other single like young dude is playing worse than they were playing last season. And I feel like a lot of it has to do with the LeBron effect. Now I can kind of, I don't know, I want to say kind of relate, but like, I guess uh, like teams without LeBron, like te- LeBron's teams with like when he, whenever he's hurt, especially like in Cleveland, they would always just be like the worst team in the league without LeBron. I think it's having the same effect on this team because the entire offense is built around LeBron. Like everything that's happening, like he just you just used to deferring to him, used to him creating gravity for you. Sure. Well, last year outside of Kuzma, who do you want your offense to go through though? I mean, really, on this roster, you, are you looking for Brandon Ingram to be the guy that gets more touches than LeBron James? I mean, that's how the team should be built. Am I wrong? No, I don't. No, no, you're right. It is how the team should be built. But it's also the fact that this team, look, it's like a, it's like a double-edged sword, right? It's, like, it's also that this team has a bunch of young dudes. Again, I, I hate to repeat this fact, but I'm, I'm going to because, uh, because to me it matters. After the All Star break last year, the Lakers had the fourth best record in the NBA. Their young dudes were playing well, and now, and now since LeBron has gotten here, they've all regressed. And I realize part of it is simply the fact that they that like they're not great fits with LeBron. But LeBron's not here now, and I sort of expected dudes to like take over in some way. The only guy who really does fit with LeBron is Kuzma, Josh Hart to an extent. But so like. I'm ready. I'm ready, Ray. I'm ready to move on from these dudes. Just start start making trades. I know. I know. I know. Like the whole Anthony Davis thing is out there, right? And it's out there for you guys too. And you probably uh, yeah, that's not happening. happening. Definitely yeah, not, it's not happening, happening for the Celtics. It's not happening to the Celtics because of the Kyrie thing, right? Right, that's, this that's year. Like, I mean, potentially next year but or in the off season, but I, I highly doubt that as well. Yeah, I don't think it's happening for us either be, simply because I don't think Philadelphia is going to be willing – I'm Philadelphia. I don't think New Orleans is going to be willing to trade uh, for Anthony Davis. Oh, speaking for speaking uh, of Philadelphia, I totally think the Sixers should offer Ben Simmons for Anthony Davis. Why wouldn't they do that? Right. I've been, I'm I've with been you. I mean – I don't think New Orleans should take that, but I mean, if they if Philadelphia is offering, I wouldn't blame them. I mean, if, 
I mean, assuming Anthony Davis wants to leave, right? Now we'll just we'll, we'll just briefly aside to this. Let's, let's assume Anthony Davis tells them that he wants to leave. You, who are they going to get for Anthony Davis that's better than Ben Simmons? That's my counter to you. Um, yeah, exactly. I don't have anyone. I don't have anyone because, I mean, as, as much as I hate on Simmons for not shooting threes and for, uh, like, just being a, a one-dimensional player as far as he has to drive to the hoop. He, he has no jump shot. Not only does he not shoot threes, he can't shoot a mid-range jump shot. Um, but he does a lot of other things. He he has playmaking ability. He's a pretty good defensive player. Um, he's, a, he's a young stud who, in the right system, would be able to be that type of player. If you get enough shooters around that guy, yeah, he's going to be able. He's going to be. He will be able to be an MVP candidate in this league. But for, for now, the shooters aren't there. They only have a couple of guys who can cons- consistently knock down threes. But if you find a way to to load up and literally put four guys around him that can shoot threes and rebound, uh, then Ben Simmons is going to have a field day night in, night out in this league. I, Philly's roster is not there right now. And they have, they are having a problem with ego as well. I think Jimmy Butler is not necessarily fitting in as far oh, as uh, who who should be the team leader, etc. Uh, but we don't need to get into that right now. I, but you're right. I mean, Ben Simmons definitely one of the better players in, in this league, and certainly one of the best up and coming players in this league. So New Orleans would certainly have to consider it. I just they have Drew Holiday. I, I just don't – I mean, maybe he can be one of those shooters that they surround Simmons with. I don't see – I don't even think you would have to surround him with that. I mean, look, look the, I mean, I, to, to maximize the offense, maybe you would. Giannis can't shoot a three either, and he's dominant at the rim the same way Simmons is. Um, yeah, he's not – obviously, Simmons isn't Giannis. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying he is also, the real problem is – I would, I would argue that, that Giannis has more around him than Simmons does, uh, even though Jimmy well, Butler's – a, a, a all-star, uh, the shooters in Milwaukee are much better. Right. Well, the, well, the, the real problem is, is Simmons doesn't fit with Embiid. You know what I mean? Like Simmons like should be a small ball center or like a, yeah, he could be a power forward with like a, with a Brook Lopez type center the same way Giannis is. But like, yeah, it, the real problem is him and Embiid together and him and Embiid and Anthony Davis like defensively, I don't know. That trade just makes sense to me for both teams, but I don't think Philadelphia is is willing to do it because of Ben Simmons' age. But like that would make them an instant title contender. In I don't know, they should do it. But in the absence of that, it seems it seems like I and mean, you hear all the things. It seems like the Lakers and the Celtics are the only teams that are like even named as like potential spots for Anthony Davis. And I don't understand that. I don't get it. But all that because, well, I'm glad. I don't know. I, I think that 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 could be just there's just sort, sort of smoke and mirrors. Like it, he can go anywhere. If someone puts together a decent deal, and they put they offer a good young player, then maybe he goes. Maybe maybe Phoenix puts together some crazy package and ships off four of their pl- young players that and New Orleans really likes them. You know, just to throw something out there. Obviously, Phoenix is probably not going to be the destination, but. There are teams that that have guys that could make an impact if you if you really want to move away from uh, from Anthony Davis. So 
I guess, yeah, in tying this back to the Lakers thought is like they need to make a move. And yeah, I, I said before, and I stand by what I said before. You, if you want to go, if you want to take this back to the macro, like assuming that look, they have a really tough part of the schedule coming up and like, there are some projections that give them like a super low chance of the playoffs, even though they're like a half game out now. Um, I think they'll make the playoffs. And if they do, again, their team with LeBron on it, well, like, I don't like what percent look LeBron, we all know LeBron coast. So it's hard for me to say, uh, yeah, I think this team can't win playoff games. When I, I, I know for a fact that LeBron can get to a level that almost nobody can get to, or really probably actually anybody can get to even now, right? Like, do, would you doubt his ability to, to still dial it up? I don't, not yet. So no, not yet. That, <clears throat> not until it yeah. happens, until you see him fall apart. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Until, until I see him actually fall apart. But it's just like, I just worry about the fit with some of these dudes. And it's like, I'm a, I'm a, Kind of annoying. From it's actually not even kind of annoying. It's really annoying because I'm going through this uh, just whiplash with LeBron in the sense that like I'm go- look. I was tired of the Lakers being bad, so I'm, I'm glad they're not bad anymore. I'm glad they're interesting and like they at least have a chance in a way that makes me. Uh, I mean, I'm interested in the NBA regardless, but even more interested. But at the same time, I find LeBron so annoying as a human being. Still, even still, I just see his interviews. It's just, it's hard for me to deal with him being on my team. You know what I mean? It's like having an annoying uncle. It's like having a racist uncle. That's what call that. I mean, you, you, were, you were predicting that at the beginning of the season, saying that you were going to have a hard time. Yeah. But then, what, what, I guess what I wasn't predicting is what I wasn't, I guess I kind of was, right? Because what it really, it's like, I'm just seeing the effect that he's having on everybody else, guys I actually do like. And like, I feel like he's stun- he's stunning careers in a way, and it's not even his fault; it's their fault, you know, because he's he's LeBron, and they have to work their way around him. But you can only right. do what you can do, and it's like I just I I know I just bothering me that I know that some of these guys that I like need to go. Brandon Ingram needs to go. I I wish he didn't. I don't know who he needs to go for. I, I haven't taken a look at it. We can probably like I I might come up with some scenarios next week and throw them by you and see what you think. But I legitimately think Brandon Ingram needs to be traded, one way or the other. Um, did you see that Philadelphia put up 149 points tonight? I did see that. It's nice. Uh, what's the highest scoring NBA game this year? Do you know? Off the top of your head? Uh, I'm assuming you're going regular season, right? I mean, regular. So far uh, this year, it, yeah. No, so far this year is right? what I'm curious. I'm, I I no, don't no, know I'm, the answer. I'm, I meant to say regulation because I think the Rockets scored like 160 in oh. overtime. I don't know where I can find that overall. I don't know. I'm Googling it to see what happens. I just tried the same to Google it as well. Yep. It's not happening. When we start yep. Googling things, it makes for great podcasting. Um, I don't not, know. That's a high score. That, that's a high it's, score. It's, Sorry, I just I just went down into the into the rabbit hole of looking at scores and players and stats, etc. Anyway, um, we've got 13 minutes left, so we should probably talk about the NFL. Yeah, man, how are you feeling about those Patriots? I didn't realize well, they made AFC title games in a row. Can I just, before I retch at that notion, like really give them credit? <laughs> But yeah, please, I, um, please take, gonna, it, take the segment. Gonna, go. 
Yeah, and then I'm going to undercut that credit immediately by saying <laughs> that, that yes, they've been because I I also read a stat that the Patriots are nine nineteen and three in home playoff games uh-huh. and three and three and four in away playoff games. Okay, Correct. so okay, so which which makes me realize that so much so much of the Patriots dynasty over over this time period has been built upon the fact that the other three teams in their division are terrible. Correct. It's, it, yeah, because it's not, it's not just, look, the, the Patriots have done what the Patriots have done, but the Patriots can't control what other teams do. Like, somehow, the Patriots have simultaneously been good while the other three teams in the division have been functionally inept. You know, because their years, look, the, the Chiefs were super good this year, right? They, they won the AFC West. But you know what? The, the Chargers were also really good this year. They were a four-last team. How many, how many times even have the Patriots been threatened in the division? Like, how many times has a team in your division? I would love, I would love for you to use your Googling powers right now while I'm, I'm mm-hmm. on this rant to figure this out. Can you tell me how many times over the last 15 years the Patriots have had a team within two games of them for the division? I'll wait. Just go ahead. I'll wait. You'll, you'll wait. Within two games of them over the last 15 years, that's going to yeah. it's going to take a little while, but I mean, uh, we can oh, yeah. just... I won't actually wait. I won't actually wait. I was kidding. I no, just you're, not, you're not going to wait. You can keep ranting. I was actually trying to look back and see whether uh, the like the San Francisco 49ers it, back in the day had uh, any sort of competition in their division, and I didn't really get anywhere with that. That would be something interesting to look at. Um but I mean, last year the Bills were nine and seven. Unfortunately for them, the Patriots were thirteen and three. So it's like it, there's there's definitely times where where these teams have played better as far as overall in their in uh, the the course of, over the course of the season. Like two years ago, Miami made the playoffs. They were ten and six. The Patriots, however, were fourteen and two that season. So. It's like I mean, you just can't I mean, win when you're in this division. But, no, you're absolutely right, Calvin. The The fact that this division, the AFC East, has been so dismal uh, over the past 10, 15 years is part of the reason that the Patriots have, have done so well. I mean, it's we're talking like 9, 10 wins is the second-best team every year, and they uh, are all almost always 11, 12 t- wins. And the teams at the bottom of the division aren't, aren't anything – special either they're they're not they're not winning games so you're right i've gone now back to the through 2015 nobody's within two games i don't know if anybody ever will be yeah so because of that inevitably the patriots get a first round by right and they they almost inevitably end up with a one seed either a one or a two seed then when you account for upsets the other number one seed getting upset God, they've only yep. played over the last 15 years seven. It's not even a 3-4 record where I go, well, they, they don't have a winning record on the road. No, they just don't play on the road. They play 22 home games and seven road games. Right. That, that's ridiculous. That's utterly ridiculous to me. So, yes, the Chiefs do have a, a history of, of like playoff failures under Andy Reid. Or it just let's, even I don't expand on that. Andy Reid has a history of playoff failures. Let's not forget. Uh, how many times have Eagles choked away a game that they should have won? But I just and, – and maybe that'll happen again. I guess I wouldn't be shocked, right? I've actually said before the – even though – I don't know. I feel like this 
and you can agree or disagree with me, but before the playoffs started, I looked at this Patriots team and I said, this feels like the weakest Patriots team I've seen in at least 10 years. You're not the only one. Everybody's saying that. Nobody believes in this team, and I think that that is actually something that's going to galvanize them a little bit and give them a little bit of an edge as far as their mentality is concerned. They've been there before. Uh, They... When they feel like the underdog, they play better. Tom Brady especially loves being the underdog. He's never the underdog. Even when he, even when he just perceives himself to be the underdog, if he's not technically, he plays better. Like this past weekend, he, he, he made it sound like everybody was picking the Chargers and that the, the, the Patriots were not favored, etc. Oh, we suck, he says in the, in the post-game press conference or post-game interview there. Uh, but I, we're going to be winning, trying to win some games. It's going to be fun, blah, blah, blah. Even when he sets himself up, they were a five-point favorite this weekend. Vegas picked them. It was just the negative people in Boston that, uh, on the radio, etc., that were skeptical and, and doubting the Patriots because of when. The, the, see, the problem with being so good over the past ten to fifteen years, Calvin, is that when you're not that good compared to yourself, or you're, over the past year, ten years, people start to think that you just aren't good and you're not going to go any further. Nobody sees and watches the rest of the league. Nobody's paying attention to all the other teams and the, the competition, unless they're, they're the teams that are on top, like the Rams and Kansas City, etc. But what they have to compare to is Patriots teams of the past. So when you say that the Patri- this Patriots team is the worst that we've seen in the last 10 years, you might be right about that. But compared to the rest of the league, they're really not that bad. So they have as good of a chance as any to get to the Super Bowl, but they just don't look as dominant, and that means that people aren't picking them. So now they've got this complex, and they're saying, oh, well, we're the underdogs. So to me, that's dangerous for the other teams. And All I right. just I have, a, I have a hard time believing that the, the Patriots are going to go down without, without a fight, and I'm not I'm saying that you're saying that, but people are already starting to look at this Kansas City game and thinking that Kansas City is just going to wipe the floor with them. And I just I don't see it happening that way. I think it's going to be a great game. And uh, if if the Patriots come out like they did against San Diego, the Chargers, L.A., I love still calling teams that move the old team. Uh, uh, you, you'll remember I called the Brooklyn Nets New Jersey for two or three years. Um, if they came out the way they did against Phillip Rivers and the Chargers, I I think that they could win this game. So I'm not I'm not writing them off at all. Oh, they could win. No, they could win the game. And here's the thing: I, I think the bigger thing, what you said in regards to like them being so good, and then when they're not quite as good, people overreacting to it. I just think it's it's boring to just be to come here on the air and be like, or you know, come on any air, like be, if you have a sports talk radio show or whatever, and just be like, yeah, the Patriots are good again. We're good. It's it's like the sky because you've won so much. It's like really all you can do is like talk about what's different, you know? And, yeah, they're yeah. not as good. Rob Gronkowski is on his last legs all of a sudden. I don't know what the hell happened with him. I don't know. But, I mean, I guess his, his thousands, thousands of injuries every year has finally caught up to him. He's about to retire yeah, at the age sure. of 20. So, 29 Even after the bye week, he didn't look that great. Other guys did. And that's that's yeah. an encouraging thing, but not for Gronk. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: is that you're you're running. It, it's not it's not really Brady either, right? It's like your running game looks really good all of a sudden. Um, right, and Edelman. Yeah, if Edelman, of course. But uh, 
But my thing is, here's, the Chiefs should win the game because they are the more talented team at this point. But you're right, I have no confidence in them. In fact, I think they'll, they're probably going to choke it away again, and I'm going to have to deal with another Patriots Super Bowl. Uh, knowing my luck, I'm going to have to deal with Patriots-Rams, and I'm and it's just it's, <laughs> it's gonna, going to Patriots-Rams, yeah. buddy. It's going to happen. Yeah. Patriots Rams and I'm gonna have to honestly, honestly I think Chiefs Rams is is gonna be would be a better matchup. I, I feel like Pat Mahomes uh, going against Jared Goff would be really interesting. And I want give me Chiefs Saints. I, I want I want MVP matchup. I want I, see, I, that's what I want. I want I want, I want, I want Patriots Saints because I want to see two forty year old quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. That's that's what I want to see. Um, well, really, I, anyway. I just want the same. Super Bowl because of my, my Drew Brees love and they're the team that I like the best out of the four remaining. Well, there. I think that you and I agree that, that Drew Brees is the most underrated quarterback of this generation for sure. He's yeah. he, he's got he's up there in yardage and uh, he just doesn't get talked about because he hasn't won the Super Bowls that Tom Brady has had and he doesn't have the athletic talent that Aaron Rodgers yeah. has. So I'm with you on Drew Brees. He's, he's a likable player. He's, yeah. he's a, a legend. He's a, he's a Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer, so I would like to see that yeah. matchup. But, by the way, I found it. Uh, 2009, the New England Patriots went 10-6. and six. They ended up, uh, let's see, where did they lose? They lost to the Ravens at home on the wild card game. And uh, the Jets that year actually went on to win their division game against the Chargers and lose in the conference championship against the Indianapolis Colts. The Jets, Calvin, finished 9-7. and seven. So there you go. you got to go all the way back to 2009 to find a season where a team was within two games of the Patriots. Was that the Matt Castle season? No. Uh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, I think it probably was. Oh, no. Right. Brady was okay. the comeback player of the year that season, so it was the season after that. After the Matt Castle okay. season. Okay. All right. You got you got me. There was there was a time there's a time when a team finished within one game of the Patriots. Touche. There you go. And they actually went further in the playoffs than the, than the Patriots as well. Oh, was that that was the Mark Sanchez? Uh, <laughs> yeah, back to back. Remember, remember the Jets went to back to back AFC title games. I do I do vaguely remember that stat because those teams weren't good. That must have been eight. So that must have been. The, the season that Brady, yep. So Brady went down. Did the Jets really go? No. Yeah, I think, I think the season. Uh, no, that was Steelers yeah. Ravens the year before that. Maybe it was 2010. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know. The Jets went to the AFC Championship in 2009. That's that's all we know at this point. Right. Um, oh, no, you're right. They went, they went in 2010 as well, and they lost to the yeah. Steelers. There you have yeah. it. One of those was the butt fumble. One of those, one of those games. Can't That's remember right. Which. They beat the Patriots at New England in the divisional game, and everybody was all out of sorts. Oh man, bringing back all these memories. All right, let's find out what happens on Sunday. We'll come back next week. We'll recap it, and we'll tell you whether we were wrong or right. And uh, talk some other stuff enjoy, too. Other stuff. Enjoy, yeah, Jesus. other stuff too. Yeah. Enjoy the game, Calvin. Okay. And uh, or the games, I should say. Pat Mahomes, some player. It's going to be cold in Kansas City, so we'll see what happens. I think that one's going to be a grind-it-out type of game, uh, not the 40-point extravaganza season. All right, man. Good to talk to you. All right. Let's go, Chiefs. Yeah. All right. 
closing Play the music. Song. Yep, where's the song? Damn it. Oh, it's right here. Good night, everyone. All right. 